Again, here together today on another two-hour high-level, hopefully, intellectual exchange of ideas and concepts. We're certainly glad to have you along wherever, whenever it may be. Roger Sales, your host and uh, uh, formulator of this format, I suppose, and I'm glad to do it and glad to be here with you and glad you're along. Uh, the September 8th edition is what it appears to be the day after the for a lot of folks, a three-day weekend, uh, officially off Labor Day, and we're getting back kicking, and that kind of turns the corner into the fall. Uh, we're on the Radio Ranch, is what we call this little confab, and the People's Patriot Network, our platform. A few guys in the room already, a couple old friends there. Uh, everybody's doing good, it seems. Chris, Harvey, uh, Brent's there, and uh, let's see if anybody else has joined us. Looks like... Uh, Mr. Don Quixote's uh, joined us, and all kinds of stuff happening, guys. Um, I mean, it's, uh, wow, it's amazing how many different areas there's so many things that are happening in, and some of them are good, and whatever. We'll see how they end up. It's a day-at-a-time deal. Hope for the best. There's a few things I wanted to talk about today. Anybody got anything else they wanted to bring up? I haven't even launched on mine, but I'll entertain y'all's first. Man, out of all this stuff happening. Hmm. Well, I still suggest that the Bill Still article Ooh, that's on the Fourteenth Amendment was uh, pretty timely and uh, interesting, talking about the Insurrection Rebellion clause, oh. uh, aiding and abetting enemies, and uh, that and plotting against the United States. And then there was a another one over on Farmer Jones that kind of associates it with it, the uh, treason and the oath of office. Uh, sections under the United States Code, and so I could actually look back here a page or two and give you those numbers if you want to, but let's see if anybody else has got anything else hot on the griddle. I don't know where we could even bring that stuff up if you can't even bring have anybody bring up that Kamala Harris isn't a natural-born citizen. We covered that here some time well, we ago. We covered that a bunch. We covered this yesterday in the Natural News article. I don't know if you were with us in that part of the show. I think Harvey asked me about it. And what uh, we really dwelled on was uh, he quoted some of the things in that article. But um, And this was Mike Adams. I'm not trying to be detrimental to him. This is really intricate knowledge. I understand that. But he was talking about how the 14th Amendment gave capital A American citizens equal protection. That was how he let off the paragraph following the excerpts he pulled out of the 14th Amendment they were looking at. And as I said yesterday, for me, you know, there's I've heard a, attorneys tell me that there are attorneys that their whole career is based on one statute. They go in and take one statute, and those are the cases they deal with, and that's the only area they stay in their entire career. And uh, look, I've made I've made a career here out of the first clause of the Fourteenth Amendment, and not necessarily the rest of it. There's a lot there. It's a real long amendment, I know. Uh, it has something to do with one part in there says you can't. Nobody has the right to question the debt. 
So I guess that's the anti-fraud clause because you can fraudulently hypothecate it and then nobody's got the right to question it. So anyway, it, it, you know, the other part of uh, the, the part that deals with what we deal with, the first clause that comes up occasionally, I thought it was going to come up here more recently when they're trying to do away with birthright citizenship. In other words, people like Kamala Harris couldn't be a citizen because neither one of her parents were citizens. And stop the anchor baby. That's the whole door open to the anchor baby phenomena. Okay. Didn't I, excuse me, Roger, did, didn't I read that uh, the states determine who is allowed on their ballots? It seems like when I was researching some of that natural born citizen stuff that actually it's the states who have the final determination. But I think then there's also uh, Ralph Winteroo talks about, oh, there's some, I forget the name of that federal act and maybe Chris can remind me on it, but uh, that supposedly refers back to citizens as, you know, the only ones that can vote. There was some act that stated that. Well, early on in the country, the only people that could vote were men. And they had to be property owners, and that that goes well, back thing- even that goes back to ancient times. I was I've been watching. I was going to mention this Victor David Hansen, Victor something Hansen. Y'all know who uh-huh. I'm talking about. He's on. Yep. Uh, he's got an excellent series of historical videos called. I'll I'll get the exact name and and give it out there, but a number of different lessons. They're relatively short, 20 to 35 minutes, and very, very insightful. I I saw one last night. I was stunned. You know where originally servitude came from? Probably conquering people. I don't know. Sparta. Sparta was where the first vintages of the feudal system showed up in history. It was, and he went into one of these uh, lessons, a pretty good in-depth analysis of the differences and the what we deal with, a convergence today of both the Athenians, Athens, and Sparta, and the war they had and why, and the differences in their systems. And it was extremely interesting. Yeah. I, I'm, I really encourage people, I'll plug it a little bit better, but it's Freedom Alliance or something is his channel, and he's got a, a, a number of them, five of them at least, because I'm on number five, numbered in sequential on Rome and why the Mediterranean was so important and all these. But he goes into the intricacies of it on this servitude deal. Um, Sparta was very structured like a military academy. And they, their, their young men were put in, the, in from nine years old on in a school where they all dressed the same as military-oriented, uh, you know, weapons, tactics, et cetera, et cetera. And those were the people that ruled, except that they couldn't, in that capacity, they couldn't go out and get everybody fed. And, and so what they did was take over the adjacent territories, and they made those people a lower class and basically in, 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 in voluntary servitude, or in, in, in really involuntary servitude. But that was the origins of the feudal system. He, I was uh, really surprised. Very good information, very yeah. good series. I really encourage you all. There, you'll probably get some stuff out of there. I didn't because he gives everything quick, and he knows all these rulers' names and the timeline 
lines and as all these events uh, happen. Quite interesting, and uh, no doubt we'll talk yeah. more about it when we find out more. So that was one thing that was interesting. Well, I can, Cody? I can bring up something on the lines of that uh, 14th Amendment. I was uh, – Daryl and I were going back and forth talking about the uh, – uh, the legal tender laws, and I was trying to research some of that, and, and I came to where they, you know, referenced the Tenth Amendment, and I got to thinking, it says, uh, you know, the, the rest, what is it, El, the rest is reserved for the people, you know, whatever's not in the Constitution, I forget the exact wording, is reserved to the people, and I got to thinking, do they, have they perverted by saying, okay, it's reserved to the people, but as soon as we elect a House of Representatives and the people gave up the rights to the well that's where we've been fooled we're not like the body we're not the people anymore we're the things i might add a little here uh yeah, go ahead. ralph's research generally says that u.s citizens uh have no political rights whatsoever they have You're so-called just right. all they got civil rights right uh, which are really privileges posed as rights and it's my contention as I've stated on here before, that when you sign up as a U.S. citizen to so-called vote versus being a qualified elector, a freeholder of lands with a vested interest in the perpetuation of the republic, that you're actually giving your proxy vote to the party you affiliate with. And that's what most people don't grasp. They think their vote counts, but truly, uh, whenever you sign up as a U.S. citizen to proxy vote, you have no say in what your party or the uh, so-called electoral boards uh, choose to use and select their own per- candidate, irrespective of the people's common vote. I don't know about that. They, all you're doing, it's just a theater. It's political theater, okay? And it's up there for you to think that you've got those political rights that you don't have. It's, you can always think of this in the in the standpoint of these guys are nothing but magicians, man. If you go back and look at it, talking about Bill Still, go back and look at it at Secrets of Oz and, 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 the, and the Wizard of Oz and Alice in Wonderland. All those things are written about this stuff, okay? So uh, it's, uh, it's an incredible situation. The, the better you can look at it as the illusion and magic, I've got your uh, time you'll notes. have with it in the transition to consciousness, I think. Got what, Chris? I've got the, yeah, I've got the notes I took earlier when I was watching those other two videos with Bill Stills and okay, Farmer so he, Jones. Okay, so he's got a new video out. See, we had this conversation before we went on the air, so I don't want to leave the audience out of this part. He's got a new video out, you said? Yes, on the 14th Amendment specifically, and that's why I took the time this morning to watch it, because, you know, he's a pretty respected commentator and a, I think a true American liberty oh, lover. He's, great, so, he's uh, a great I, guy. I did, truth seeker, fine Christian, uh, you know, truth exposer, uh, goes out of his way. I, I have a lot of admiration for Bill Still. I wish I could get with him and get my understand, our, the way we understand stuff to him. You know, those are the kind of people that, that – <laughs> that would really proffer the next up uptick. You know, things happen in plateaus, learning and everything else, and you've got you'll go along for a long time, you don't think you're making any progress, and then all of a sudden you'll shoot in the next little up climb there. So uh anyway, I wish uh, when 
some of those folks like him and Sean at SGT Report and uh, uh, maybe uh, Catherine Austin Fitz and a few others start getting aware of what we've got, you know, that's the next uptick, I guess. We'll see. A few things out there. You know, when I was uh, just watching Jeff, and I don't, hadn't seen Jeff in a day or two. He's with us sometimes here. Sent me a couple of a video with two old Laurel and Hardy skits on it. And I watched the first one, and I paused it, and I didn't get to watch the second one until right before the show today. And I was I almost wanted to play it for you guys, honest to God. And it's a skit they did about he walks in and, and Costello. Which one was Abbott and which one was Costello? I don't remember. Anyway, the fat, the fat little kid guy uh, uh, was on laying down. And the other one uh, on the couch there, and the other one walks in the room, and he's all dressed up in a suit. Well, I just got back from a job interview. And look at you. You're just lazy laying on the on the couch. You know, you're a bum, except they get into that argument. And he goes, well, you went out looking for a job today? And he says, yeah. And he said, I got one, too. And he said, where? He said, at the bakery. And then something else said. And he said, well, what are you doing over there? He said, I'm loafing. And he said, you're what? You're loafing? He said, yeah, I'm loafing. And they get into this long skit like who's on first on you're a loafer and I'm a loafer and a union of loafers and my parents were loafers and this whole dialogue where they don't understand the words that they're using. And I was just sitting here thinking, man, isn't that the citizenship deal that we go through every day right there? You know, because people don't understand the meaning of the word that's going on and being used in this intense discussion. Well, it's curious, Roger. You mentioned Abbott and Costello, and you mentioned Laurel and Hardy. And well, I, another I, group I, that had, I was going to say there's another group that had some pretty highbrow humor and underlying truths, I think, that they were telling people. And that was the, uh, the, the Three Stooges. Yeah, right. And, <laughs> and, and, Go back to humor, man. The writers of this, who what they're Jew, they're Jews, man. They're playing this whole dialectical thing. It's in their hell. It's inbred in their damn nature. After all these generations, I think. Um. So anyway, that was interesting to me. I wanted to mention the other day hey. when Brent was talking about the Good Samaritan. And that whole story, the, uh, those of you that were with us, and talking about how that goes back and bears on the interpretation of the term neighbor. Do you all remember that discussion? And the neighbor is not your guy next to you with the house on the adjacent property you share a lot line with. Your neighbor is your brother that in, in, in church or in, in arms or wherever that's out there. And there's your two levels of looking at things. One, a colloquial, he's my neighbor, he's next door. Or your neighbor in spirit and heart and bond uh, who may be three blocks away or half a country away. Okay. And it's these well, two levels that they're playing with, a conceptual level and a colloquial level. And you can go back, I can name you an example of the word property, et cetera, et cetera, et cetera. And this is what's going on. It's a two-level game. Well, it's like a jury of your peers. It's kind of like saying the same thing, right? So your neighbor, it's your neighbor, your peer neighbor. Yeah, see, I couldn't get charged. That's one reason they can't bring you to trial. They couldn't go out and get you a jury of your peers because those guys that are involuntary servitude are not my peers. 
They may be my brother even by blood, but they're not my peer. Have you ever seen that defined legally? How do, how have the courts ruled on peer? I don't know. I've never looked into it. It, it, it appears somebody that's got to be like you are of your group. Same. Well, in the old days, if a farmer was on trial, did everybody on the jury have to be a farmer? Or if a rancher was on trial? No, but they'd have to be a state citizen, a a state citizen of the state that was trying him for whatever crime he committed there. Could be male or female, don't have to be farmers, but they're peers. It'd be interesting to look at that. I wonder, Chris, if you've ever done any research on that. It'd be interesting to see how the courts have ruled. There on the are, here. I'll tell you, Cody, and you, you're seeing it. The deeper you get into this, the more trails there are you can go down. Okay. Now, the dialectic of that, and I wanted to mention it yesterday because we were talking about people just getting into this. As you get into this, I've always likened it to the scenario if you're sitting there facing whatever scene you're facing, and you've got your arms out to the side with the with your with your palms facing forward. Like you're, you, you know, everything that you know is in front of you. And all of a sudden you take another step back and the damn thing gets bigger. And the more steps back you take in this, the bigger it gets. Example, watched last evening, afternoon, a two-girl interview over on BitChute on Nexium. Any of you know anything about Nexium? Oh, yeah. Oh, somebody does. She figures it'd be Chris. Everybody else doesn't know too much about That's, it. Uh, How about I think Keith his name Ranieri? is Keith Ranieri is Keith one Ranieri. of the perpetrators of that. Uh, well, Madam the, the Rothschild and a whole bunch of them. Broil uh, uh, well, may be, but primarily the two Bronfman sisters. And the old man, Edgar, their father, is evidently dead now. This was going on for a long time, and boy, I'll tell you what, they went into about an hour long with this girl that's done a lot of research into this, obviously, and how big and deep this is. This is probably bigger and by exponents of the Epstein scam. And it's that's I'm one of the reasons. I'm not convinced it's not an extension of it. Now, well, it could be. They certainly had peripheral uh, 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 interactions, but it it is bigger. And, but they both wanted the same thing. Now, I will go back and say this is one of those things. You know, I've had a hell of an interesting life, and uh, thank you, Lord, really. Um, back just as I was getting into the Patriot stuff and in fact this company was where the patriot first irs tape that i ever watched was introduced to me during this time period and i was in a company called consumers byline now that company was mentioned in this video yesterday that's how how i know this girl's done her research okay and uh you and i both roger wait you you, harv were you in cbi too I sure was. Well, there you go. Well, she mentioned it yesterday in the video. She said the origins of this are a company called Consumers Byline. I just about fell out of the chair. (laughs) Um, I met Keith. Remember how they played 
Oh, you did meet him? Oh, I met him. We went up, a bunch of us. It was one of the guys, the Trents, that gave Trent brothers, three brothers, uh, who uh, and their mother, who was a real nice gal. And we all piled in a van, one of those big vans that will take about 10, 12 people, and drove up to Washington, D.C. to this conference. And I have somewhere a picture of me and that group of people, or some of them, with Keith Ranieri right there, the little uh, glass, thick Coke glasses, wirehead nerd guy. At well, I guess he was in his mid-20s by then. This guy is really interesting, okay? And Harvey, I'm glad I didn't know you were that, so you can probably buttress some of this. When this happened, or shortly before that, he had at 21 years old, 21, 22, had accomplished achieving three PhDs. And one in chemistry, I believe, one in math, and one in physics. All three were from an institute in upper New York called Rensselaer Polytechnic Institute, which is rated higher scholastically than MIT. Okay? set the stage that's this is who we're dealing with all right and he was the one that came up with the idea of the binary system for network marketing he got into net he, he saw the power of mlm and he got into it with his probably usual scholastic approach and started looking at it and and thinking about it and he noticed that statistically, the people that get into a traditional multi-level marketing company, that, that they uh, 3.2, and then they, they quit, okay? They recruit 3.2 people, and then they quit. And he said, well, I'm going to figure out a way where you only have to recruit two. And that's where the binary system came from, okay? And so this company, Consumers Byline, was the first company where he instituted that plan. And the problem with it at that point, the name of the company was Consumers Byline, and it was a buying group. You, had, you were in a buying group, and you had access, like a, babe, a, 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 a very infant idea of like Amazon, actually, if you think about it, Harvey. Okay. And except we didn't have all the technology and all the efficiency and stuff. So I recruited, I remember that I got disinterested in it. It was really effective to the point that I recruited eight people. And the problem with the compensation plan was they didn't have the rooms and the margin to pay any depth. And he had the thing locked out at 10 levels. So you didn't get paid anything past 10 levels underneath you. And that's where all the growth happened. Okay, and I recruited eight people, and a year and a half later, there's eight thousand people in my group, and I got disinterested because I couldn't get paid below, below the tenth level where all the group uh, growth was. Anyway, it was in that period of time one of those guys said we got to tape on income taxes illegal, and that I got into this too. Keith Ranieri's back in the news. He went on to take this format and this whole love of networking and hook up. Now I don't know is Ranieri a Jew name? Harvey, I was thinking about that last night. I never considered him to possibly be a Jew. No, I don't. I don't know. Changing their names is something pretty well, common. Well, I don't know, but it, uh, evidently Ranieri is his name. It could be. You know, I don't know. He certainly seems to rub elbows with a lot of those folks as he went forward. He was uh, 
Uh, I heard he was working for. Um, Oh, what's that That networking? Roger, you blipped you. off on the clip off. Oh, hold on. Let me check the server. Let's see if this is all. No, we're, yep. we're connected to the server. Uh, well. uh, okay, so. Uh, wow, Roger's away the there, Harvey. What? Yeah. I have a thought that might tickle your bone. It seems to me that somebody high up out there is perpetrating the myth. It could have been Maxwell before or others. Robert Maxwell. That, and there may be some actual scientific evil demon power behind it, but I suspect somebody has told these people if they engage in cannibalism, drink this adrenochrome, drink blood, or whatever else, it'll give them exponential evil powers to be able to do whatever they want to on this earth, proliferating with the devil, if you will, and they've bought into the lies, and uh, this is how they're getting all this kuru and other craziness that we're seeing well it's something something has surely been proposed to them hasn't it uh, well this guy Ranieri uh, his whole organization collapsed when one of my downline at, went to one of that maybe in that same meeting and asked what happens on line number nine or 10, 11, whatever it was. And they said, are you there yet? And he said, nope. Well, let's worry about it when you get there. He said, no, I want to worry about it right now. What happens on that level? And that's when the wheels fell off Ranieri's organization. Uh, there was, uh, he got attacked by a couple of different uh, attorneys. Is my mic on or what? Hello? Some would worry, wonder, Harvey, if the buy and buy line was B-U-Y, B-Y, or B-I, maybe it's the two line. Hell, yeah, it, no. Am I being heard? No, it was, uh, am I on? Am I being ever? heard here? You're coming through loud and clear. Okay, thank you. Thank am you. I being uh, heard here? It was B-U-Y. It was a discount buying organization. They would get big bargains on on things so they said and uh they they built this guy you kind of clipped off a little now harvey uh, excuse me am i being heard you weren't until just now Whoop! did i did i get bumped off there you're back too harvey Okay, <laughs> what, what a deal. All right, I'm probably going to get knocked off uh, here as I motor along. I've got to take a dog in to get him get him cleaned up. So, uh, anyhow, at Ranieri, uh, yes, we had it. They 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 talked about what a genius he was and. You know, he had this, you know, second or third highest IQ ever tested. Come on, get off my back. Uh, but he got away with it, and he was clever enough to get an awful lot of people into uh, this Nexium organization. And well, you don't. I, we haven't gotten in, I haven't gotten into what they're doing yet. 
or what what this okay. girl goes into. Okay, Mr. High IQ wants to go out like Epstein and create a new super race by breeding with all these young women. Except they, Epstein had his operation. We know kind of the scope of that, delineation of it. This one was a lot bigger. They actually been having children, and they've got these centers around the world called Rainbow uh, learning centers where they're taking these children that they've fathered and they're totally like in France, two or three of them, and they, they're private, they're not licensed, uh, they don't know what they're doing with the children. Uh, it, it is really scary. Okay, Now, when they, they sentenced or, or found guilty Ranieri a while back, but I've noticed a noticeable absence of either one of the Bronfman girls. But they were the money behind this to the tune of $100, $150 million over the years. Uh, and supposedly there's a, um, there was some kind of a Netflix or an HBO uh, uh, kind of deflection production that was supposed to air last night was the reason that they did this interview yesterday. She's going to do another one on Friday with a whole bunch more information they couldn't get to. So it was a heck of a 45 minutes, 50 minute segment sitting there listening to all this with this history, which I didn't know Harvey shared with me. Just funny. I did. Life, but, you uh, know, I actually shook hands with the little nerd. So, anyway, I thought that was particularly interesting, very personal to me because of all this history, and coincidentally, at the very same time, I got into this stuff. So, Ranieri went one way, and I went the other. <laughs> well, here's a little fill-in stuff that you might have overlooked there. Uh, one, he was branding his yes, uh, breeding was. stock, and secondly, <laughs> golly, uh, Polly did a really uh, interesting expose on Keith Raniere and the next VM Colt uh, not long ago. Right. It was pretty uh, expositive, and it was out in the Bronfmans and all the other and the Rose, uh, oh the the high Evelyn De Rothschilds and the other people that had bought into this and, like you say, funded large amounts of his uh, special self-interested operation. And, of course, he was being the uh, master breeder and inseminating all he could to create his own cult of so-called offspring of his alleged superior intellect. Yep, him and Epstein, too. Uh, so they wanted to be the service studs for the new super generation coming up i'll tell you it's uh uh it, it it was just really interesting to me yesterday when that came up and thinking about that sense and uh all that stuff so uh there's a whole bunch of other stuff happening though and there's a number of folks on the board and i'm sure some of that is interested interesting to some of y'all or something you might want to bring forward so i'm gonna uh, open the mic anybody got something they wanted to mention bring forward now's a good time Got a lot of people that just like to just hang out and listen there. So you can't listen on TuneIn or you can't get through the website or you feel like you're part of the group being this way and uh, uh, or whatever. I'm curious. There's Daryl. He's joined us here finally. Uh, I don't know. I if... just popped on because they couldn't hear you for a while, Roger. So that, that's the reason I called in. Okay, good, Robert. Well, I'm sure sorry. I don't know if it was uh, I hit a button accidentally or something, but it seems like we're back. Um, yes, you are. Okay, good deal. Yes, you are. Um, 
So uh, what else uh, interesting since yesterday? Has well, happened? well, there's Daryl. Just to some. add to, just to add in here, what uh, Chris was talking about, and you were talking about the uh, the purpose of this is uh, they're creating a a race of Ubermensch. Ubermensch. Uh, they they are the they are the genetic supremacists. Their their purpose is eugenics and genetic domination. Uh, and so they are the Ubermensch. Now they, uh, they, they ran this narrative that the Germans were to be the Ubermensch. Well, they, they were just projecting again. They sure. were accusing somebody else of what they were doing. It was interesting. So, she was moving them yeah. around. Evidently, Ranieri did something in Arkansas when Bill Clinton was the attorney general there. And then he moved on, and as soon as Hillary Clinton got to appointed senator out of left field up in New York, he moved the whole operation up to Albany, where it's been kind of yeah. centered around New York and Albany since, where it fringed uh, well, peripherally. And he'd he'd meet, you know, there was talk I think about him and Epstein at parties and stuff like that, or gatherings or whatever. So. Uh, uh, this is going to yeah. be coming out. I'm well, telling y'all, this is bigger than Epstein a whole bunch. You can see now why it hadn't gotten very much exposure. Well, I, I agree with Chris, and it's this is tangential and it's intertwined with Epstein. Uh, uh, this is uh, also part of the uh, the mega group, and uh, it's uh, the Brofmans are part of the Seagram's uh, liquor fortune, which is why. If anybody here drinks liquor, they should never buy Seagram's uh, or Coca-Cola or Pepsi anymore because of their these, political contributions. These are the and, fortunes that were and, made during yeah. Prohibition when they were all yeah. the ones that were smuggling yeah. the whiskey in and becoming yeah. the basis well, of I the mean, mafia. Yeah, well, I mean, this this is this is Murder Incorporated. They've been around a long time. Uh, of course, the Kennedys were involved in it. As well, uh, old Joe and uh, and the carries, but uh, here's the so, pivot guy. Um, here's the pivot the, guy. The, one of the the one of the the pivot. Guy. Okay, go Let ahead. Me interrupt you, go ahead. Meyer Lansky. Yeah, Meyer Lansky was the pivot. yeah. Well, put them all together, the mathematical mind, etc. And 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 Meyer Lansky. Uh, uh, was a big funder of the ADL, and the ADL was a political uh, laundering group where they would launder and and rehabilitate your um, <clears throat> your persona and your public image for uh, big contributions. And so this is what the ADL does. Uh, by the way, I was just always wondering if Leo Frank was related to Jacob Frank. That always that kind of came up in my mind. So, uh, well, if so, he was, he was a far yeah. distant relative cause he was over managed a pencil factory. Yeah. <laughs> I wonder the same yeah. thing. Oh, you're talking about that. Yeah. The other Jacob yeah, Frank. Okay. I was thinking about the guy yeah. that started the incident that raped the girl up in Marietta that started the ADL. Yeah. Yeah. Yeah, that's that was that, that was all a, that was that was the whole part of it. Of course, you know I'm, I don't know I if you're aware of this or not, but uh, uh, Ulysses S. Grant was a uh, committed uh, anti-Semite. 
<laughs> and uh, uh, in the in the in the strictest sense, uh, he ran him out of Tennessee and and caught a lot of flack for it. So, um, yeah. Uh, just briefly, because I might have to jump off. Cody asked a really important question earlier, and I was I was kind of surprised. Uh, I, I know I know you know this, uh, Roger. Uh, peer, peer is a part of the feudal system, and it's uh, peerage. Okay. Yeah. And uh, uh, so it's the, the feudal system. Uh, it's uh, basically. Uh, well, the definition in feudal law is the vassals of the Lord who set his court as judges for their co-vassals uh, and were called peers. Uh, and uh, so it's a state of being uh, each other's equals or of the same condition. And, uh, of course, there's a uh, there's a there's a other aspect of this that applied in in the common law, which was equals those who were a man's equals in rank and station. Thus, trial by jury of his peers means trial by a jury of citizens. And uh, I was I was just amazed at what Cody asked. His question is, can a, shouldn't a farmer be tried uh, by other farmers? Well, farmers don't really represent a unique sovereign political group. <laughs> so it was that was interesting. But uh, I, I just wanted to answer that because I thought it was open ended there. So. It was, and I, you know, it's sometimes in the when it, on a spontaneous moment you can't think of everything, or everything doesn't come back to you. But yeah, peerage is probably where that comes from, and I think the synonym for it, equal, is even better. Yeah, well, and which means that they're not the is same. That, is that like separate? Which is why you can't be tried. Is that separate yeah. but equal in Plessy? <laughs> Which is why you can't be tried by the peers of a different society. Okay, this is why you can't. That that doesn't work. It's apples and oranges. And, uh, of course, everybody's become fruity anymore, it seems like. So. Yeah, man. Well, Very it's fruity. easy to see why. It's a yeah. fruit salad out there to choose from, man. Jeez. Well, the, I know I'm jumping around here, but... This other thing, this uh, Bromfam and all this other stuff you were talking about, these people are on a uh, probably a very short lease life, life of lease, lease, lease of their life. Uh, they are highly uh, susceptible to the same fate and ultimately as a uh, Jeffrey Epstein. Uh all these people were involved in uh, in a control group, which doesn't isn't required anymore. The they were used for uh, blackmail and bribery and and uh, dirty tricks and and have you. And, and they don't the the powers that be don't need these kind of people anymore to pull off what they're doing. They're they're a liability and an expense. So uh, they will. They will eat their own. Expendable. Uh, yeah, they have they have technocracy now. They don't need they don't need that. They have technocracy, computers, uh, AI, uh, surveillance, Panopticon. They're all subject to it as well, and they're not needed anymore. Not essential. <laughs> they're non-essential. Exactly right. See. 
there's there is a reordering and restructuring going on. There is a reordering and there's going to be a reorganization of the system at all levels. And that's just a part of it. So uh, they're probably trying to shut it down without it being exposed any more than what it is. Uh, that's part of uh, Jis Lane and uh, dealing with Epstein. And they're, they're going to try to uh, shut down the rest of these things and make them go away out of the end of the memory hole. Like 9-11? Uh, so they... Like who? Like nine eleven. Yeah, yeah, yeah. They they try to put it down the memory hole because that one just doesn't seem to be going away though. That one kind of that one kind of seems to be hanging on, and and you know the whole COVID narrative has the same credibility and legitimacy as the nine eleven narrative. Yep. So they figured they figured you all were so stupid and obedient and cowardly that you would acquiesce to that. Well, you'll do anything. And guess what? They're right. Yeah, they are. <laughs> Cause until you get up off, you, until you get off, until you get off your knees and do whatever it is people do when they're on their knees. Okay. Until you stop doing that, they're going to continue to do this. Uh, any questions? No, but I'll tell you, <laughs> those who comment. stand for nothing, fall for anything. I got a comment as years ago, I came to the revelation and some of you may have too, as you've grown in this, that you get to a point you realize that they're right. That humanity I know is, they're right. a, is a bunch yeah. of sheep, and they do need somebody to oversee them. And if you don't believe, look at it, the stupidity around, especially when you present people with truth. Okay, the problem and the question is, who's going to lead them? Now, we're talking about strong individuals. We can lead ourselves, and we want to make our own decisions and forge our own path in this life under these rules. Okay, but the average person doesn't know about that, and more than average doesn't want it. It's my feelings. So in a big sense, these guys are right, okay? Well, sure they are. They, 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 have, a, they have a foundation and a basis for, for their uh, points of view and – they, they have uh, all sorts of uh, history and evidence to prove that they're right. Okay, so, yeah. <laughs> um, let me clarify. I looked you know, over here while Daryl was talking. Victor David, David Hansen, I believe is his name, Victor Hansen, but I wanted to give his channel on, on YouTube because he's got some real good stuff in here. I'm real anxious to get deeper into it. American Freedom Alliance. American Freedom Alliance is his uh, subscription group. Boy, he's got some good history in there, and he just presents it well. You know, he's very knowledgeable, and somebody obviously in command of the information and lays it out really well. If you go take a little time, if that sort of stuff interests you, I believe you'll be uh, uh, you'll benefit from it. So, anyway, that plugs out of the way. What else? Uh, what well, else? Anybody got anything hot? I mean, look, there's so much stuff happening. You want to talk about the Indians and the Chinese with that situation about to blow up again, evidently. 
uh, saw a short clip and the Chinese, it's more of the encroachment on this thing called the, they call the LAC, the line of actual control, which is this control between that upper reaches of China and and uh, uh, northern India's administrative control there, and the Chinese aren't supposed to come to that line with any weapons, and there's pictures of them with these long sticks with machete blades tied to them, a whole bunch of them, 15, 20, 25 of them, and I noticed they were talking about the machete and the, the spears, as they called them on the report I was looking at, but slung over their back was, was all their semi-automatic weapons too. So that may flare up. I bring it up up again you know i mean china's under a bunch of pressure they got a bunch of these little outlet skirmishes going on all over the place 21 of them i read saw somewhere and then you've got on top of that this area is contested with the arch rival pakistan china's new ally against india where the leaders threatening to use nuclear armed weapons against india openly so Pretty pretty tense situation over there. Yeah. Well, it's kind of tense here too, isn't it? Yeah, but not to the point of nuclear trigger. Almost, we got rioting in the streets. Uh, fortunately, it it feels to me like they've taken the mask off a little too much. Usually, when they have to back off. You know they've shown a little too much, and with Biden and them actually getting out and talking, negating the protesters and stuff shows they bit off a little more than they could chew. Well, yeah, they when when you when you get to a certain point in any uh, business operation or uh, action uh, effort, you you. <clears throat> there is a certain point where you have to take command and control. Okay. And so they, they, they have to, in order to accomplish what they want to do, they have to move in a command and control situation that has to be done. Uh, at that point, at that point, you, you hope that you've built enough of the infrastructure around it to be able to manage that. Uh, we, we actually uh, are making uh, decisions on, in a, <clears throat> not enough information here and and we're making we're basing some of our decisions on suppositions uh who who's in charge of the military uh who are they working for who's re actually really in command of it who's really gonna who would they what would they really do who would they respond to this is, this is kind of a big unknown here uh and uh so you know uh, Maybe they couldn't use force, you know. Um, so you know, there's a there's a lot of there's a lot of activity going on here in the states. Where, I mean, I I, I kind of pay attention a little bit to some of this external stuff, but I I spend most of my time trying to figure out. Uh, our 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 local situation here. Well, that's the uh, one to really focus on. I mean, the other stuff is interesting, yeah. and you want to learn about it and pay attention to it. But as the old saying, when we used to think there was a political solution to this, when I was that naive years ago, and the statement came out, all politics is local. Now, over the years, I've found that to be really correct. Daryl, you got, I sent to you and Amanda the book. You got that yesterday? Yeah, thank you. Thank you for that. I'll, 
I put it in the download library. Uh, uh, I know we've said it before, but it's really important for people to recirculate this through their processing of the contradictions is that you have learned the victor's history. Yeah. Every time you, every time you get confused, you should remind yourself that you were abused uh, intellectually and the only thing you learned was the victor's history. And this is why you're confused sometimes. <laughs> why why things don't line up? That's why. Yeah. And uh, and uh, only you know you have to untie those knots. But uh, <clears throat> I give you a perfect yeah. example of that. Uh, oh, about twenty years ago, I bought uh, and read Howard Zinn's book, uh, a people a people's history of the United States. And it covers a large expanse of history of the United States. And by the time I got done reading it, uh, I could have easily been enraged. Of course, I, I always thought of myself as a Democrat and a dem- out of a Democratic family and sort of liberal. And I got done reading his book, and I was absolutely enraged because, you know, I never liked Republicans. Uh, I, always, I, could, I could always tell they were full of it. Yeah, even as a little kid, I could tell these these guys are full of it, and uh, I sort of bought into the Democratic side because that's what my grandparents and my my family was. But I could tell that the Republicans were hypocrites and and uh, liars uh, from the very beginning, and uh, still are. <clears throat> and uh, so I read Howard Zinn's book about twenty years ago, got really mad, and then. Uh, 9-11 happens, and I start reading other things, and I realized that uh, I'd been played. I'd played myself because I'd bought into my bias. Uh, of I'd bought into the dialectic at that point politically. And I, so when I, when I despised and disliked and had contempt and disgust for Republicans and the people that followed around them and, like little nappies, I, uh, I I realized that I had only been half I'd only been half right, which meant that I was half wrong. Uh, they're they're both they're both uh, uh, equally uh, ultimately they're both equally disgusting, and they can't do without each other. They absolutely have to have each other for this to work. Republicans Republicans have to have the Democrats in order for the dialectic to work, and the Democrats have to have the Republicans right up to the point where they consolidate everything. There'll be a consolidating period, and this is what's happening now, to bring to bring this all into consolidation. And, uh, of course, the proof of what I'm talking about is uh, old man Bush uh, blathering on and blathering on and Bill Clinton blathering on about the New World Order. Well, they're both, uh, these people at these levels all have the same agenda to bring in this New World Order, which is before us. This is the reordering. And they're, they they have to they're going to close this this aspect of the dialectic down is what I'm saying, Roger. They're going to close this part down. They're going to consolidate and move into the new reorganized uh, uh, situation. So this this business model, gonna, if you will, is is being shut down and reformed, and that that includes political, social, and and legal. Okay, so I've been to, running on. I'll just shut up. They're going to have to because they the other side has discredited themselves so much publicly in the last ninety hundred twenty plus days. 
And for the uh, people that are starting, as I suspicion many people, you know, again and again and again, as I said the other day, you go back to the assassination of John Kennedy, all the rest of the stuff, Iran-Contra, et cetera, et cetera, 9-11, the 2008 housing scam, boom, now this, and a lot of people have gotten awake over this. The Internet has facilitated their worst nightmare. Which is why I think partially the reason they're reacting is not only Trump, it's that the people are waking up while they're squashing all this anything that shows any kind of truth to them on any of these big platforms gets squashed, flattered, and a flitter quicker than anybody can get any traction on it. Okay. Well, it's, it's, yeah, it's almost counterproductive in the sense that they, they like to, they, uh, one of the big things that is, there's a there's a phenomenon. Maybe some people in the audience, particularly the women who worked with children, will understand this. Maybe the men won't. There's a uh, there's a a, a technique in uh, behavioral training and behavior modification called extinction. You ever heard of this term before? The the method of extinction in behavior modification, Roger. You ever heard of that? Is that what the Chinese no. are trying to do to the Uyghurs? <laughs> no, not. That's a, I mean, that's a, that, that would be a one form of extinction or a genocide, ethnocide. No, extinction is, uh, is the ignorance of a behavior and that it, in some, in some situation in cases it works. So they, they apply the ex- extinction technique and, uh, up to this point, uh, to a certain degree, that's kind of what they do with you. And this information well, exactly what they is they approach me. it from an in- extinction level. This is called extinction. Uh, they don't recognize it, and so it doesn't gain any credibility. But the, the converse is happening now where they have gone from ignoring these things, uh, like uh, Gandhi said, they, they're ignoring, uh, to then they went laughing, then they laugh at you, and then they attack you. Well, this is that period where they're, they're going to go into attack mm-hmm. mode, Okay, which is only going to legitimize what you're doing, what we do, what other people are doing. This is what will legitimize it and then accelerates uh, other people into waking up, at least the critical mass of people that will have the potential to wake up, the latent potential to wake up. You forgot that uh, last Gandhi This will accelerate. Step. You, that last Gandhi Who? step what? was the important one. He said, first, they ignore you. Then they demonize. Yeah. Well, I then they yet. fight you, <laughs> and then you win. Yeah. We, we, well, we hadn't got to that point yet. Well, hopefully that's the point that we'll get to. Um, is where a, a critical mass, <clears throat> a, a critical mass of people worldwide. This is a worldwide phenomenon, actually. It is. It is. Uh, will will be provoked enough, uh, prompted to become actionable so up to this point everybody's been inactionable they've all looked away they've been bystanders and uh so um you know that's why you know that's why after 9-11 nothing changed it only got worse because yeah you let them get away with it i want to illustrate my point off of a poly video the other day and she was doing you know how she does she brings up somebody and starts tracing them down through the video well later on in the video this guy shows up in the in a three-person panel being interviewed on CNN 
I don't remember who the interviewer was, but the guy makes a statement, and his job evidently in whatever capacity other than being a writer is to monitor Facebook. And he said, I kept noticing how these conservative Republican views started showing up on Facebook. And what you're seeing is that awareness that they're unaware of because they're so isolated. And all of a sudden, boom, it's like the, there's more ants than the grasshoppers can control. Let me uh, put something on the table in relation to this. If I think many of the people on here recall seeing this really, um, I would call it a pagan demon ceremony on a bridge over somewhere in Europe. I think it was related to Davos, but I don't recall. It might have been Switzerland. It was the opening of a tunnel. The tunnel. Yes. Okay. We had that opening of the tunnel, and that was a very... um, let's call it a colorful display of paganalia. Then there was also the Super Bowl and some of the other uh, things where they had these pagan demon fests with Madonna and others up there strutting their stuff, and their black leather, Black Lives Matter and stuff. I think this was basically an outcalling. And if you remember, uh, Constance Cumby wrote a book called Hidden Dangers of the Rainbow to your rainbows yeah. uh, group that you yeah. talked about earlier. And if you remember Amway and Sheckley products and some of those others that preceded the binary system of Ranieri and the Nexvium cult, and of course the Wayfarer was another one, that was a furniture thing, and they seem to be adapting all these different programs to their own devices, and I think that this was really a signal to the world to light up and ignite the global revolution, the old new world order, new world order, whatever you want to call it, of this global satanic religion, if you will, religion. And this is what we are seeing culminate today. And these people are getting desperate and scared because they're being outed all over the place. Well, you know, what you're seeing is the global growth and demand for populism. Okay. You're seeing it throughout Europe. You were seeing it there. Remember the Yellow Vest movement? Remember way back when we were having the Yellow Vest protests for a year every weekend? Oh, yeah. Uh-huh. The French. Yeah, like way back a year ago? Yeah. Yeah. Well, uh, you know, I, I can remember talking on here uh, four, four and five years ago that the rate of change has changed. The rate of change has changed. The quickening. Time is not, time is not linear anymore. Uh, and this is very disorienting to people because it's hard for them to, to, to think and reason and use logic and understanding based upon the history of the victors. And uh, they, they can't triage the information enough and keep up with it. Uh, this is disorienting. This is disorienting. It's it's this is a fundamental aspect of war, and this is uh, <clears throat> this is how you overwhelm your opponent. Okay, they they're flooding the zone like they said they would during the two hundred one COVID event last year that Bill Gates sponsored. They they did a dry run on on the narrative, and they said they would flood the zone. Well, this is this is. Uh, uh, propaganda and psychological warfare. Okay, and so I, I predict it's easy to do. It's going to continue to accelerate. 
it will accelerate, compress, go vertical, and then go sideways. And and this is this is how you win uh, on the uh, on the subversion and on the information level because people can't keep up because they think in a linear fashion. Uh, I guess so, we're going to have a petri dish you know, of, of sorts down in Victoria, in Australia, uh, specifically in Melbourne, where they had pretty yeah. sizable riots yeah. over the weekend on this whole total lockdown thing. Evidently, that's the petri dish, and the New World Order is going to tighten the screws down there and test the waters, if you will. To that point... Dave Hodges had a particular recent edition, like in the last couple of days, regarding the Australia as being a testing bed, a pilot program, if you will, and the egregious police abuse, the rise of the warrior cop out there abusing old people, young people, uh, just horrifically uh, unleashing deadly amounts of force on the weakest of all. And this is what he thinks is a precursor to what's coming to America. And we're seeing some evidences of that, I think, on a daily basis. Well, don't forget, they're also simultaneously, a couple of weeks ago, they started closing banks, yanking ATM machines out, and they're limiting or totally negating the circulation of nickels and dimes. All right. So you have, you have costume wearers here in, in your local communities here in the uh, – in the US of A, you have in your, all of your local communities, you have these costume wearers that will do exactly what they're doing in Melbourne and New Zealand and China when they're told to do it. So, uh, <laughs> yeah, turning, turning away and looking away and ignoring all this over, over uh, the last 100 years, particularly over the last 60, has resulted in uh you being boxed in uh maybe maybe literally uh this is what apathy and ignorance and procrastination gets you and those, always has always will those who cried appease appease were hung by those they tried to please and they, it's funny you know they, they people look around and they go oh who's going to save me who's going to save me <laughs> Well, how much you got? <laughs> What's in it for me, right? And so they'll look for this is how this is how your big your big king, your super ruler, uh, your your big your big boss comes in. Oh, he'll save us. Okay, you know this is predictable. Well, okay, I mean, same thing they and did in course, the Bible. Give us a king. We want a king. As right. I recall, this is, yeah, I don't recall who said it, but. Politics. You may not be interested in politics, yeah. but politics are interested in you. And Kiki Friedman, the eminent Texas statesman, said that politics means many blood-sucking insects. Uh, yeah, that's what yeah. I always well, tell people. I hate yeah. politics. I said, well, you may hate politics, but if you don't get interested in it, it's got an interest in you. <laughs> you, can, you can say that about the, the, uh, the occult and the esoteric. You, you may not be interested in it, but it's interested in you. Or your children. You may not be interested in the yeah. Yeah, you, you may not be interested in the legal system, but it's interested in you. Oh, here's okay. one. Okay. 
Uh, here's so, the 20 year old yeah. that was uh, had a little article about her on Zero Hedge last night. Y'all catch that? There's so much happening, man. Those things go to page two and three in no time. 20 years old. Uh, goes to Rice University. Rice is an extremely high uh, accredited uh, organization down there in Houston, Texas. And uh, I think the tuition's 50000 a year. And she got caught out in seven or eight people up somewhere in a demonstration denouncing America and death to America and all this stuff. Uh, her father's some big-time architect and her mother's some big child psychiatrist or psychologist or something of course remember of, of the course. symbol for the rice is the owls yeah yeah don't yeah exactly uh the mother probably spared the rod with her daughter it appears uh so anyway that was just interesting you know i was saw, seeing another uh, video of one of these situations where a black woman was trying to drive a car, and the BLM people, who were all white, were standing in her way and wouldn't let her through. And she's going, you killed my brother. Did anybody see that video? And they got into an altercation yelling back and forth, and she's just, they called her, uh, somebody in the crowd called her uh, something I wouldn't mention on this show, okay? And uh, they finally, some big black guy came to her aid, and they finally, he got them backed off. But they wouldn't even let the woman whose brother they killed through their Black Lives Matter white line. I mean, it, the whole thing is so damn ludicrous. It's becoming obvious. The other thing I wanted to mention, what's one of the things on Antifa, one of their big planks? Anti-Semitism. If you go back, we just touched on the other day that Antifa was founded in Germany in the 30s. And that's when Hitler and the fascists had started exposing the Jews. And I think it's probably in that time period when he yanked away the ability to create money from the banks and started funding it through labor hours and turned the damn economy around in five years. There's your origins of Antifa right there. Well, you you brought up two important parts there. One of them is Antifa, and one of them was uh, labor. And and uh, so a, a big part of uh, Germany's recovery during that period was they did receive uh, funds from Brown Brothers Harriman and Conan Loeb, Conan, Conan and Loeb, and uh, some different places. But uh, ultimately, uh, they were able to turn around. Uh, of course, they they abrogated the Versailles Treaty when they at that point in time too. But uh, <clears throat> they were they were doing labor capitalism, labor labor capitalism versus financial capitalism and uh so i i just took i'm sorry if i took a turn there but well no it's, it's kind of important. important it's super important it's because if you important. go back 10 uh, years or less in germany they were going through hyperinflation some of the yeah. most in the severe so, of the history of the planet yeah. went on and we're not now <laughs> and what, but i i have a i have a really I, yeah i have 
I have a really important part I need to insert at this point. Uh, the miracle in Germany was labor capitalism because it was it was capitalism without usury. Uh, uh, capitalism uh, denies itself or, or uh, denigrates itself. It, it, it isn't even what you think capitalism in when it involves usury. This is the very same reason that uh, prior to the uh, Revolutionary War, uh, when Abra uh, when Benjamin Franklin was over in Europe and was asked, "Well, how is it? How is it you people over there are so productive and becoming economically strong?" And he says, "Well, we issue our own money." Well, it it wasn't associated with usury. Uh, the American colonies prior to the Civil or the Revolutionary War were doing the same sort of labor capitalist free enterprise based in commerce, free enterprise and labor capital with real money uh, or state issued currency. that was interest free. Well, me, uh... that actually what led up to it wasn't it wasn't. It wasn't the T tax. They would they they quoted as saying we would readily have paid the T tax. It was that they destroyed our currency. Yep. So it was a currency war. This is another reason why this is what Hitler did. This wasn't a new invention. He understood this, or somebody did, and they had to destroy that. Every place in the world that you see uh, somebody trying to implement real money and non-interest based. Uh, uh, capital and currency, there's a war. How about Lincoln? Okay, Lincoln's because another example. They wanted to be Lincoln too with the greenbacks. Yeah, same uh, thing. Yeah, it's just uh, there's a pattern here. <laughs> okay, um, and there's I'll a tell pattern you, here. a lot of World and, War and II call, was the fact yeah. that that system was so strikingly successful on pulling Germany out from where they'd been as early as 10 years before to the economic miracle of the Autobahn and the Volkswagen and everything else they accomplished, and it threatened every monarchy they controlled in Europe. May I add to the look back of the conversation? Of course Being notwithstanding that we're in a currency war right now and the dollar or dolire is being imploded by device and along with other currencies or not with the Federal Reserve around the world in this bond king war, we cannot overlook the fact that when Obama was leaving the White House and they and Susan Rice was sending her CYA emails and stuff, he set up his center of operations, his compound just a few blocks from the White House, and professed that he was going to create his own private army to oppose the incoming administration. It's my contention that this Act Blue funded, DNC funded, Antifa and Black Lives Matter Marxist revolutionary terrorist groups are aspects, perhaps a dichotomy, of Obama's secret army, which is really Valerie Jenrette's, the uh, deep states, uh, the new, uh, oh my gosh, there's so many a, bad actors inside a, there. There's a kingpin back there, and I think it's this chick Rosenberg that we've talked about a couple of times that Clinton let out of jail, the murder, he killed a cop, all these robberies, 
little anarchist Jewish bitch who they let oh, out. Oh, that's, and she's that's the in second, the uh, BLM. She's the second in command at the organization where all the funding goes to. Well, I was more speaking of the Valerie Jenrette and Susan well, Rice. All of them are involved. Well, all all of them involved, Chris. Uh, yeah, it's all the same group, absolutely. I mean, all orchestrated and funded probably by the most part by Soros. So it looks like the new tactic as Trump takes more momentum, the GOP donors are starting to switch to Biden, and Trump has bellied up to the bar with $100 million of his own money for his own campaign. You know the guy hadn't taken one paycheck since he got the job? President is supposed to make what two hundred thousand a year. He takes his paycheck, his monthly paycheck is donated to a veterans dependence fund, I believe. Yeah. Well, that that two hundred thousand dollars a year or year wouldn't cover one month's uh, service maintenance and uh, fixed cost on his Boeing seven fifty seven. I'm sure that's right, <laughs> but let me let me have you ever seen any other president not take their salary? Yeah, I, I, I don't. At this point, I don't. I don't really. I don't think he needs it, does he? Well, it, if it was a Rockefeller, it? he would. What was Rockefeller's statement when he well, was asked? I don't How know. much is enough? And he said, "Just a little <laughs> I, I bit guess. more." He's got I guess. Jew money. Just a little bit more. He's already got enough Jew money. Well, he doesn't. I mean, no. I said Trump's already you know, got enough Jew money. Shit, he's all. We'll do what? business with him for years. It's like four hundred thousand. They pay the president. I mean, whatever yeah, I, you know. Uh, I mean, it's the it, well, it, it's the example of what he's doing. Is there anybody ever heard of another president doing that? I don't. There yeah, are plenty I, of presidents well, that had a bunch a of money. Yeah, okay, it, Delano Roosevelt yeah, and all these others. They came from big money families. Has any of them ever done that? Yeah. Well. No, you you got a valid point, Roger. So, all right. Well, uh, let's see. I know okay. there's a lot of stuff folks want to talk about. There's a bunch of folks on the board, and we get involved in these conversations. And I know you got to take a minute and unmute, but I try and give these little pauses in the program where if anybody's got something on the tip of their tongue, now's the time to unmute and bring it forward. I have one of these pregnant pauses, two or three of them in the program. Somebody's going to unmute there. Nobody's got a question or comment on all that. Oh, come on. I mean, really. Somebody does. No, come I'll on. Tell you, they just like to ride the ear. They got it. All right. They, they all, right it. all right. All right. All right. We drug him out. <laughs> we chummed him up to the surface. Yeah, you did. You did. I just couldn't resist as you kept prodding and poking. Let's go over this peer deal. So who's, who's my peer? Have you got in your the, affidavit? Le legal sense of the word. Have you got your affidavit filed? You do, don't you, Robert? I do, yes. Okay, I have well, we're your, peer, your peers. The yes. others that have done so. Oh, okay. So who are not U.S. citizens? Well, you're not a, you're not a piece of property. They are. 
Okay, gotcha. Okay, okay, that makes sense. Well, then I better start looking out for because I'm pretty sure that most people haven't done an affidavit. Why do you think I'm doing this program? The only way I can protect my liberty is to help you, Robert, and you others protect yours. Yeah. <laughs> the, only, the best way you can protect your liberty, Roger, is keep your butt in Ecuador because around here it. <laughs> well, you know, I mean, I was up there for two weeks and I didn't even have anybody blink at me the whole time through customs. And I, I was, yeah. you know, a little uncertain the first time coming back in a number of years with all these changes, but. They didn't give me any more difference of uh, uh, than when I left uh, with the passport like that in the first time. Yeah, uh, that story that we you, got you, you, January you, you, before last from Victoria and her husband out there out of Texas, the first naturalized person that sent the affidavit in, and their experience at LAX was very telling to me. Hmm. Interesting. Well, it made me start thinking about the background and what we don't see on what they do see on the screen and how they categorize things and systematize things. And you can imagine in the system, in the background, they've got done everything they can to wipe this status out. So when you send this in, there isn't a category there. Oh, yeah, this is the old state citizen. There isn't a, 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 a column there for them to check. So they gotta no. put it over somewhere, which is would be the same in essence as, and the guy, the IT guy, told us as a diplomatic courier, because all the rights that you'd be afforded as a state citizen would be the same things that that guy would be blessed with. Yeah, good point. And when they saw them and the guy saw on his screen that that was listed as a diplomatic courier and he'd put them over in the line where you have to take off your belt and shoes. And from what Victoria said, he came running over there and grabbed us and said, I put you in the wrong line. Running is what she said. Like his ass was on fire. Well, I mean, it's just, uh, you know. You don't know, but it's certainly an unusual situation and a turn of events at an airline check-in desk, I would assume. Yeah. yeah. So, anyway, you just kind of put little pieces together over the years, you know. And I'll tell you, I guarantee you, Daryl, you hit the nail on the head earlier when you said they put me on ignore. Right at the start, when they tried to squash this and they couldn't, Boom, from then on, it's been on ignore. And that's why I said you people are scared of them. Hell, the best insulation you can get is to learn this stuff, file an affidavit, and start teaching other people because they won't touch you with a 10-foot pole. Mm-hmm. Yeah, wouldn't it, wouldn't it be ironic if the only people that were able to have any shield at all from a, a lawful or legal point of view over the next five years were... Uh, <clears throat> people are peers. <laughs> Wouldn't that be mm-hmm. ironic? That would. Yeah, how about that? Well, that I mean, they, they don't have any more right to come and grab you than they do to go to some other country of the world and grab one of their nationals and bring them back. Of course, now, when yeah. you get egregious enough like Julian Assange, they'll make exceptions and get your ass, okay? 
And yeah, part of that that they're work. doing that with these days is this Majinsky Act, Minsky Act, what do they call it, which was all based on a, on a CIA fraud in Russia in the first place. Hmm. Magnitsky. Magnitsky. Yeah. Fred Broward. That's basically, Magnitsky. Chris. Easy for me know, to say. We would know the Magnitsky Act as the long arm statute. You've come across that term? Chris must be feeding yeah. his dog. The long arm statute where they can reach out and touch you. Okay. And how do they get jurisdiction to reach out and touch you? Well, early on, it was because you were citizen of the United States and because the corporation was a person. And they could reach out into these other states and touch you if you fit that criteria to one of the three-prong tests that gets you into a district court case. I think they've also stretched that to encompass the FinCEN, the Financial, financial Crimes Enforcement Network, where they're using the IRS to go around and uh, stop money laundering on the world. I, I could have I've t attempted to open a bank account in Uruguay years ago, went down there, make a special trip, and I got down there after FinCEN was passed, and the one thing I'd forgotten was a copy of my lease for my apartment. And they wouldn't open my account, but they didn't have any problem with me being a U.S. national. So there's the out to that. All over the world, everybody's freaked out about opening up a bank accounts and all the stuff they can do. It's only for re residents and citizens of the United States. And it said that in a Wall Street Journal article that was quoting some Swiss bank back in the day. And they were talking about how this guy, this gal who was married, she was an American. She was married to a Swiss guy. And they were making her close her account because of it. And they talk in the article about a couple of other examples. And then down about three-quarters in the article, there's a sentence that said, but there, there are exceptions. We can open up accounts for U.S. nationals. Right there in the Wall Street Journal. Well, don't you suppose that a lot of people uh, want to <clears throat> ignore this information through ignorance? Because... It's really not very convenient. All this, all this conversation here and these processes and procedures and paperwork and it's very inconvenient, isn't it, Roger? Is well, let me tell you. Let me tell you what it's inconvenient for people is when they get presented with it, they have to make a decision on whether they want to continue to live a lie or not. There's the you real mean like, crux right there. Yeah. Okay. You, you mean like when they're given solid proof and evidence that uh, the government and officials at all levels are involved in slavery and child pedophilia, and they look to, they're they yep. confronted with the information, then they have to look away. That's right. Is it like that? Right. Uh, what is that? Is that is like gonna, spiritual, intellectual, <laughs> a cowardice? Kind of. Spiritual, intellectual, cowardice? Uh, yeah. Okay. Okay. I right. think, Daryl, I think let, this is the first time. Okay, go ahead, Cody. Well, I'm going to file mine today so that they get it by 9-11. What do you all think? How are, you good idea, huh? How are you going to file it? Three days. Three days. Well, I was, was going to ask you there is on your website, I think, didn't you have the full the full uh, copy there? I just need to cut and paste it. And no, it's not on my website. Do I have to put the passport the, number and all it, that in there? It or? was in the back of the book. No, you don't want to put a passport number in there. They're going to issue you a new one. Uh, with that, you know, document as its backing. 
Uh, and my suggestion to folks is, you know, that was John and Glenn wrote, Glenn, uh, John wrote that affidavit. It's five pages long. It's got a lot of court sites from these good cases and stuff, but you don't have to have that in there. All you're doing is rebutting the presumption. And I honestly believe you could send them one sentence. I'm not related to black slaves given civil rights and federal citizenship after the Civil War. I think you could put that one sentence yeah. in there, get it notarized and included in, and that all you're doing is rebutting the presumption. And our people want to dress it up with all the years of knowledge. What about sui juris and prono con bonco and all these terms at the bottom. You don't need to do that. What what about can I pre, can I rebut the presumption since it was fraud to uh, assume that I was a citizen since birth? Can I put yeah, in there, you I'm could do that. You could say I'm rebutting the I'm rebutting the fraudulent presumption of law that I am a birthright citizen under the scope and purview of the Fourteenth Amendment. You could put it like that. Same thing. All you're doing is presenting. Yeah, that's what I'm going to do. That listen, way, if the IRS ever came came back on me, I can go back and say. The previous years don't even apply. No, I, no, you're not going to go back. You know, there ain't no grandfathering with these. No, Cody, there ain't no grandfathering with these people. Okay? Just file the document, have as clean a slate as possible, be glad whatever you gave them. You just contributed it. You consider it the cost of your education. Yeah. Okay? Yep. Uh, I was going to say, but no, Darryl, you have the, you? Uh, obviously... <laughs> Go ahead, well, you've Cody. got the book, but I just thought I could cut and paste it in Word, have a little bit better uh, copy of it. Don't you have the the words? I think I've seen them on the uh, your website there. How I think I don't think I've got it on. Don't the you website. have the, a copy of the affidavit on your website? I don't know. It's That's, not up I there. It's on one of the, the websites. Yeah. It's in the book. Um, and it was something I was going to say, and I couldn't get it. Well, for one you were going to say something. There was, was several things I've been trying to grasp. One thing is I think this is the first time you and Lou have been on at the same time. It looks like LP's on with us down there. Is LP? Is, 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 is LP? I see him over there. Yeah, yeah there's I think, LP. I think he's, hey, been, he's been lurking Safety around here lately. So there you are. Hey, man. I'm here. Safety in numbers. There hey, Lou. <laughs> yeah, if, if we had... If we had Alan on here, we'd have three uh, ex-airline pilots. Yeah, yeah. Uh, Boy, is time, Alan so. retiring at a good time? <laughs> well, uh, wait a minute. I, I'm, I'm an ex-airline passenger. Does, <laughs> does that count? Well, it can. A frequent flyer, yeah. 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 yeah well, it was, we used to call I'm, them repeat I'm offenders. I, I'm, I'm an infrequent flyer. I think Alan, oh, yeah. Amanda's husband, is uh, uh, retiring right now. I think he's out in Arizona for a while. And in the in the tail end of that, and it hit me the other night, I thought, boy, isn't he getting a good retirement time. Uh, have, you, well, have you all seen the stories about the new drone commercial airliners are talking about? Yeah. yeah. Well, it's, it's the X-Wing. I guess. X-Wing technology. They're... They're putting it on uh, Cessna caravans for yep. uh, drone usage. So, yeah, they'll. Yeah, they they well, have I, the technology now. Go ahead, Lou. I'm sorry. Go I was, ahead. I gotta say, I can't. This is just a comment. I'm, I can't. I can't wait to go fly on American and and, and Delta, so I can uh, see the employees walking around with their BLM uh, uh, name tags. Right. And yanking <laughs> and making you take off your MAGA hat to boot. Yeah. Yeah. And that's some crap. Oh, well. 
It's a mess. Good to have you on, well, Lou. It, it Lou has, we've been friends yeah, for years. Yeah. He's an old friend of Harvey's, and we've been knowing each other many years, and it's good to have you on board, Lou, on a regular basis, buddy. I'm glad I, I'm glad I fig, finally figured out and broke the code on how to access everything. Well, we had to send you the Rosetta Stone to get you on here. Uh, I guarantee you. It was amazing. Anyway, but, uh, uh, I, I'm, I'm hoping uh, you, you've probably – Harvey's on here. Uh, that uh, article that you – We've, has been running around amongst us about the uh, 14th Amendment. I, I hope that's a topic of your show on Friday with the uh, with the attorney. With Brent? Well, yeah. Well, I'd love to. I'd love to see that discussed. Well, it may be. There's no telling what's going to come up. We talked about it yesterday. We've talked about it a bit today too. Um, I think the most glaring thing of it was Mike Mike Adams' statement of the Fourteenth Amendment pr- gives all American capital A citizens equal right equal protection under the law. That's what I thought was more interesting to talk about was the general ignorance of this very important amendment that was shoved up our ass about 150 years ago. <clears throat> which Ouch. was more than likely written over in the city of London. Alch is right. No. Yeah. <laughs> kind of hard to drive like that, too. Yeah. Something up your ass. Yeah. 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 It's, uh, it's been driving us crazy ever since. Well, the, the so, good news is it's easy uh, to get out of. Why? You know, why? The good news is it's easy to get out of, in all honesty. <laughs> but I don't promote the ease yeah. of exit. As much as because if you just, as I've said before, and think this through, if you just, if I sold you the magic paperwork and you filed it, nothing would change in your life. You'd go on, your thoughts wouldn't change, your knowledge wouldn't change, your scope wouldn't change, your understanding wouldn't change. So, in essence, it's a moot point. Yeah. Well, listen, uh, since we're off on this, since we're off on this information here, I I have a. uh, I have a nit to pick uh, with uh, uh, comprehension, context, and perspective here. So we got this thing in this uh, this document called the uh, Constitution, <clears throat> and there's something in there called uh, inalienable rights. Okay, inalienable rights. And uh, there's a lot of confusion around this, uh, misunderstanding, incomprehension, and uh, I, I want to offer that this idea, <clears throat> because it's not, I don't think, been adequately discussed. It's, it's been, you can read a definition, but then you'll be left confused. So uh, inalienable rights equal, equals, put an equal sign in there. I'm, I'm going to make a declaratory statement, Roger, and I'm looking for an argument. Equals liberty. Inalienable. Okay. Inalienable rights. What about unalienable rights? Equal either one of them. I might Uh, chime in here that unalienable or inalienable rights are fundamental or your absolute natural God-given rights that exist prior to governments of men. The difference I wanted to make is one of those means you can't give them away. And the other one means you can't take them away. Okay, I, I agree with all everything everybody said. I agree with all that. Uh, now let's let's make it 
applicable. Let's let's take it take this into the area of okay, we've we agree on interpretation definition. Now, how does this apply? And then how how is it that your rights are aligned and alienated from you? <laughs> well, here's how you do it. Hmm. So uh, nobody ever talks about this. Uh, I'm sure that there's a lot of people on the board and will listen to this later and go, well, how come we never talk about that before? Well, let's talk about it then. So it, here's the question. How do you align rights? That's the question. How do you align that are inalienable and unalienable, but then how do how do they become lien? How do you align rights? Put a lien on there it. is a way to do it. Robert, I like Robert. I like Robert a lot. Well, here, I'm going to give you some suggestions. This is how you align rights, which means that you've lost your liberty. Mm-hmm. By license, by contract, by consent, by commission. Uh, all those uh, things you just yeah. named were all voluntary. Every one of them were voluntary. Yeah. 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 And that's how you will lean. That's how you will lean rights. Okay. So they, just because it says in there they're unalienable and inalienable doesn't mean that they haven't been leaned. Do you get it? Yep. All right. Yeah. <laughs> Yeah. And how was it done? Yeah. It was done through contract, through a contract that you had probably never heard about before, don't know its contingencies, and don't understand that you're in the form of that contract that you've been agreeing to your whole life and giving them your consent, which is what they crave I gotta more than off. anything else. The consent of the governed is what they've got to have, or else they're tired. Bye-bye. As you say, Roger, the devil doesn't make you do a damn thing. He only asks. That was an old Al, Al Addis line. The devil makes you volunteer. <laughs> he makes you volunteer. <laughs> I, and I wanted to say yesterday when we were talking about Tupper Saucy a little bit, that line that Tupper, one of the, the last conversation I ever had with him before he passed, and I was trying to explain some of the nuances of this 14th Amendment thing, and he said, no, 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 Roger. Don't you understand? They can only rule evil. Hence the title of his book. Profound statement right there. Very it was. profound. You noodle on it. it. Yeah. They can only rule evil. Thank you, Tupper Saucy, the late and great. What a heck of a guy he was. Very personable, really nice guy. So we miss him. He left his uh, mark. And uh, have you had a chance to look at that at all, Daryl, that I sent you yesterday? Did Daryl have to go? Daryl must have had to dart out there. Anyway, that's, that's quite a book. Yeah, uh, that's a... Hey, thank you. Hello. Hey, Roger. Yeah. Hey, Lou. Have you ever heard that that quote by Erwin Schiff uh, years ago? I'm not sure which one. Erwin Schiff said, he said, I was an atheist until I discovered Satan in the IRS code. That's my story. Same story. (laughs) 
I mean, well, look, when you come to that realization, you dig into the, that code and start understanding that, and you see evil just as stark standing in front of you as you can see it. And anybody that's got a brain, you got to realize there's a God because Satan's standing right in front of you. And everything has a dialectic. Everything. You know, it was interesting as you're talking about all this synthesizing stuff that they do. When they synthesize drugs, you know what? At Harvey would know this if he's still on us. When they synthesize a drug, all they do is make a mirror image of it. It's not what it is that they're synthesizing. It's as if it's put in front of a mirror and it's got an exact mirror image. And what I tell people is if you just examine the beliefs of the people that, you know, are very popular in Hollywood and in politics, that alone should pretty much tell you that there is a creator because Amen. they obviously believe they believe in his enemy. And so if they're putting all their money, power, thought, energy into that, then we should be fighting them because it is for real. It is for real. Ian, welcome. Thanks for chiming in. Uh, you, what, hey, what's your name? Nicholas. Hey, Nicholas. We hadn't talked before, but I sure do welcome you. Glad you're on board. Hey, appreciate it. Yeah, Jack's been trying and trying and trying forever to get me in here, and I just finally had enough time, and I thought of it at the same time I had time. So, yay, I'm here. Okay, Thanks, guys. So you're off our forum. Good. Well, we're glad to have you along. We discuss a lot of real in-depth stuff here that people have no idea of because they've never been exposed to it before especially how it oh works on them. Yes, you know? so so glad to be here. I'm just hearing you guys talking just passively the last 40 minutes. I'm like, oh, my God, these are like the smartest people on the planet. Well, I don't believe in the planet, but you know what I mean. Hard to get well, around that. I'm going to tell you Hard one thing. I, there's not another forum. There's not another forum like this, to my knowledge, on the planet. Man, well, I'm, I'm glad you guys are doing this because it is sorely needed. And you're also smart, yeah. hey, smart individuals. Yep. Yes, Daryl. Was that Daryl? I don't see him up there. Somebody said, hey, Roger. Oh, maybe not. Okay. Roger. Nick, where are you? Hey, Roger. Oh, there's yeah, Harvey. It's Harvey. Yes, sir. Yeah, I'm in I'm in Cuenca, Ecuador. Okay, you you're in somewhere. Cuenca. Okay. All right. Are, are we together, Roger? Yeah, man. Hey, Harv, what you got? Oh, yeah, I was just going to say on the mirror image of certain molecules, mirror there are such things as mirror images of m organic molecules, not inorganic, but organic molecules. And they're, uh, they're, uh, they're called chiral, C-H-I-R-A-L, chiral molecules, mean, chiros in the Greek meaning the hand. So they're like left hand and right hand. Right. You can face them together and, but all right. So they're mirror images. But they don't do the same thing. Right. Um, they look alike, but yep. they don't do the same thing. Yeah, they, yeah, to, yeah, the, anyway, yeah that's right. It, they're sort of, they're alike, but they're not alike. They're not really alike and because. Uh, what did they do? Yeah. Citizen of the United States. Here's the equivocation. Oh. I mean, it, it, it's so incredible when you get into their techniques and how they use this equivocation and these false dialectical definitions. I mean, it's incredible how skilled these guys are, are at it. Yeah. Yep. Well, they, they work all day on it. They sure they? do. And have for Every a long day. time. Long time. Yep. 
we're just starting to wake up to it, and they're freaked out because even though they've worked on it 150 years plus, Harvey, it's so tenuous that it can still be totally cast asunder. And that's why they're absolutely going apoplectic hysterical right now. Yeah. Yeah. They've got... They've got reason to fear. Uh, the The thing that they've got going for them is that they do have international control of of the internet. Of course, uh, well, you're our, seeing our dear stuff 44th like Gab and, pre- Listen, I, will, I should report. I don't know if it's out of school or not, but I think Paul's making some progress on the ideas that we talked about a couple of weeks ago on combining all these stations into one. So we'll see what kind of magic he's got in the hat, but that would be good for us because we could focus everything much more. And it's like I told him, you know, it's got to be easier taking care of one child than three. (laughs) Okay. And I mean, honestly, in this technological jungle compared to him, uh, those of myself, Eli and the others are like children. We got to come yank on his coattail all the time. So I think we're trying to rectify those problems and get ourselves focused. And I'd love to see us take out a server over on Gab and use Gab as our primary contact base and come out of there with a solidified, focused, goal-oriented operation. We'll see how it works out. Yeah, that'd be good. Funny you should mention that, Roger. Yeah. Because... I'm on Gab quite a bit. I've seen your po- your emails from there. It's a good little site. I don't spend a lot of time over there. I should do more, and we should promote was, it more, actually. They've got over 4 million uh, registered users now, I believe Paul said. And it's, I've been running this around in the back of my head for a couple of weeks because I've put a couple drops over there just alluding to the um, state citizenship issue. And as I said on, I think it was on Friday when we were here, you know, it kind of scares people. I was thinking about starting a whole uh, group over there dealing with this issue. I was going to talk to you about it first because you're much more knowledgeable about it than I am by a long shot. But uh, I think we've already already got some groups over there. We just hadn't been utilizing it, Lou. And back when we got involved was when he passed the one million user mark. And it got some publicity, and that's when when we it started circulating around. But I haven't utilized it, and it's probably my fault. But uh, uh, I think we'll probably be tapping into it more in the future. It's going to be a tremendous base for free speech, one of the few of that size, and they're going to continue to grow as this thing escalates. My feeling. Well, I'd love to see just a, an entire group over there that's under the title of Second Amendment citizens or state citizens or whatever. National. It, no, it, here's the thing. Use their terminology. You know, our people always, well, I'm an American state national citizen. Use their terminology. They've gone to great lengths to set this thing up and hide that thing that we found. The using their terms is the key to the matrix now that we know the definitions to them. U.S. national. What are you? I'm a U.S. national. Are you one of those sovereign citizens? No, no, no. I'm just a U.S. national. It stops them in their tracks, man. It's kryptonite to super ferrocite. 
U.S. national. And what you're saying, I wanted to mention this earlier. You go back to their early writings. What's their outline blueprint? The Protocols of the Learned Elder Zion. It says right in there, whenever you're caught, deny, deny, deny. What do you see these people doing? They get caught. Deny, deny, deny. In 10 years, we haven't seen one denial on an affidavit. They can't deny this. They cannot deny it. That's why they stand mute. See, we don't know our power. That's the whole problem, and that's why this process is so wonderful, because you see people. You see people like Daryl. You see people like Chris. You see people like Brian. I'm, I, Brian's probably listening in the background there today. And I've watched these guys take this stuff and become personally empowered, and I've seen it certainly happen with myself, okay? And I've come to these realizations. This whole thing's a fraud. When they're confronted with it with the goods where the rubber meets the road, they absolutely stand mute. It's just like when Toto pulled the damn curtain back on the wizard. It's exactly what you know, it is. Your, your comment about uh, silence is very appropriate. And I know from a fact, because I looked it up in the Georgia statutes many years ago, and there's an actual statute in the Georgia Code that says failure to answer that silence is acquiescence. Yep. You know where that comes from, Pat? Nope. You know where that comes from, Lou? No. Nope. comes from nope. King, King, King Henry VIII. When he was going through his uh, uh, battles with the Catholic Church and he was being subverted by the Catholic hierarchy and the bishops there in England, he, and they wouldn't give him the divorce and all that stuff, and he called them all into a room, and he said, you're either going to denounce your attachment to the Pope or you're going to cut off your heads. And nobody said anything, and he said, silence deems consent. That's where it came from. And without researching it, I bet you just about every state has that in their code. Oh, well, it's, yeah. Well, anytime you see anything in, like you go to the Georgia Official Code of Georgia annotated and look up some statute in there, all of those laws are all uniform, which means they're the same in every state. Now, it may not be stated exactly the same way, but it's got to have that in there. And they do that so they can control from the top down. Uniform commercial code, uniform building code, uniform traffic code. Everything's got to be uniform for them to control from the top down. So just some of these things that I've come to realize over all these years of not only learning this information and internalizing it, but then having a chance to sit there and think about it and have your mind give you answers. Because that's what happens. When you get enough knowledge on some subject and you've got a question, the mind will give you the answer if you've got enough for it to work with back there. And you can attribute that to whoever you want to. Um, so let's see, where are we on time-wise here? Okay, got a few minutes left. Anybody got something in their craw they wanted to unruminate? 
Oh, man, all these topics, all these subjects, and all these people with all these little nuances and intricacies, and not one person has a question. I'm just intimidated by all the intelligence I'm hearing. I thought I was smart, but, God, I ain't that smart compared to y'all. Yeah, we, got a, we got quite a group here, Nick. Okay? It's been assimilated over years of doing this program on a daily basis and teaching this political stuff. Uh, has, have you gotten into of any of the political back here of what we're talking about, Nick? You know, the two most citizenships? De- most, most definitely. Yeah, I am very curious and I'm interested in everything that's slightly off. Most of this stuff you're talking about is stuff that, like you said earlier, nobody knows this stuff because they don't care and they're not curious. And so I think really the real key to getting more people to be involved is to figure out some kind of way, I don't know, maybe we use real propaganda techniques because they do exist, some kind of way to convince people to become more curious about their current life and their future life. The thing is, is, this is so stupid, I can't believe it. Let me tell you what we've learned is you can't convince people to become more curious. They've got to have the truth gene in them. And it says it in the Old Testament, because they have not a love of the truth, because they have not no love of the truth, I will send them strong delusion so they will believe a lie. There it is right there. Well, I think that particular verse you're talking about hasn't happened yet, but I do, I do agree with the sentiment, but not quite accurate. The, uh, the great deception isn't here yet, and, um, but it's coming. Yeah, I think and more I do, people are waking up. You love, I, if you love the truth, if you're a lover of the truth, all that means is that you know what the definition of love is. So most people don't even know the real definition of love, the and they really don't love the truth. They maybe, if they're super above average, might be a truth seeker. Yeah. But when they find truths that are hard for them, it's going to cost them their friends, their family, their job, or whatever. They no longer love that truth. Yeah. And that's the real problem. Yeah, People that, don't want to sacrifice for the truth. That's uh, Catherine Austin Fitz's red button story. Have you heard that? You can go put it on YouTube. Just put in YouTube the red button story. Oh. It'll come up. Oh, and, red, red button. Yeah, and I she, thought you meant red buttons. No, not, not red buttons. The comedian that you're still watching on old CNN reruns. Old Ted Turner reruns. <laughs> the red button story. And she's up in front of an audience, Nick, of about 100 people. She's talking. Catherine Austin Fitz, very authoritative person. And she goes, well, we can turn all this over. All you have to do is come up here and press this red button. And that means all your pensions are gone, all your savings are gone, all of this, all of that. How many of you want to come up here and press the button? One person raised their hand. Wow. Okay. Yeah, I found her. I'm gonna, I'm gonna, I'm gonna look it up and I'll watch what she has to say here. It's just minutes. a short little clip. I think you'll find, but she's got great information. We talk about her uh, on here quite a bit. Um, it comes down to, here's what we found is the easiest way. It's kind of a person-to-person deal. It's like eating an elephant one bite at a time until you can get where you can cast a big web, as I was alluding to earlier. When we can get this information to Sean at SGT Report and Catherine Austin Fitz and some of these other people that have got much larger audiences, uh, that's where we really enlarge the net. We'll find the people that want this information that don't know it's out there, okay? 
Uh, and I know there's a lot of people like that, and there's getting to be more of them every day. But the best way to utilize this that, that I've ever found, and we talk about it here quite often, is to present it and present the dialectic to somebody, such as, are you a citizen of the United States or are you a citizen of the United States of America? And you'll find out if they're interested in truth by laying the equivocation in front of people. And then you don't have to get in arguments and beat people up, which those conversations can lead to. I've been in them, okay? So uh, are, uh, when you use the term resident, are you attaching a geographical or are you attaching a legal definition to that term? Things like that that squarely present people with the dialectic. <coughs> And, and you, you just opened up that same uh, argument that I always have about Article One, Section Two, and Three, and that's where, I, in my opinion, for what it's worth, the uh, the, the issue of uh, term limits is, is right there in the Constitution, which a lot of people will disagree. But I'm no attorney, and so I, I would love to see this discussed on a legal level. Well, you know I Helen Chenoweth. Remember Helen Chenoweth? I'll go ahead. Go, no, you go ahead, Nick. I was going to say, you know, when the founders, if you read anything about what they wrote, you know, besides the Constitution, not many people have. But if you read what they wrote, they clearly intended Americans to not have a giant central government with a monolithic Constitution that was enshrined as if it were holy writ. Didn't want that. You know, they said they said we're supposed to be, you know, having a revolution wow. every 20 years, 20, 30 years at the maximum because of human nature. They knew you know, we're not good people. There's no good, no such thing as a good man. And this constitution wasn't going to provide all the solutions for all the evil shit that men can think of. And so obviously you need a new one to combat the new evil shit that men think of pretty often. So we don't need to have the constitution enforced. We need it flushed and we need a new one that's, you know, good and hopefully the right people win and all that. What do y'all think about a new constitutional convention, which may be coming soon? I'd be scared about that depending on their power level. But I would tell you this, as we've mentioned, you're kind of new. Uh, my teacher, my law teacher, John Benson, used to say this. I've repeated it in the last couple of days, actually. The battle that we fight, that we've been fighting since the beginning of time, is the battle of Lex Rex versus the common law. Lex Rex being the law of the king or man's law versus God's law. That's the battle we're in today. We've been fighting Bingo. since the country was founded. But see, you know, I've watched all this sovereignty stuff since its inception many years ago, mm -hmm. and I kind of gave up on it because every time I get really in-depth and able to actually track down the people that are putting videos on YouTube and how they're just crushing the court system by the sovereignty tactics, and I'm like, okay, cool. But then when you go to look it up, they all paid the fine and or got arrested. There's not any proof that I can see that any of these tactics work well, other than what all, I use in court. When I go to court, I use a different tactic that does actually work. Well, here you go is, okay, talk about court. What person, what's the charge, and which court, you know? Because that's the, 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 the misconception that that jurisdiction applies to everybody, and it doesn't, okay? Well, and, it, do, it does when they have bailiffs that will immediately arrest you. Yeah, and I understand what you're saying, but in that's, in be, mind, that's because you're yeah, under the mind, status. The might, the might makes right. The force that, is their legitimacy. But and that's they've got because they've got... That's, that's the problem. Hold it. What they've is got, your problem? They've got this hidden... 
they've got this hidden matrix jurisdiction that you, don't, that you don't understand that you've been agreeing to all your life because you didn't understand that they're taking jurisdiction of. When you put them on notice that that is not you, they ain't got no more jurisdiction. I know you may have a yeah, hard time I, believing yeah, that. I, I, do, I do understand what you're saying. I do get it. I believe me. I've been following this. I probably know as much about it as you do. It's one of the things I'm pretty involved in is that whole stupid movement. Good. But what I've yet to see now, if you have some proof, I will definitely watch it. If you have some text or some kind of you know, PDF, I'll read it. You know, but I, you know, all, all the years Nick, that I've been looking into Nick, this, all I hear is BS and no Nick, real proof. Well, Nick, so I'm, I'm, I'm not convinced. I'm, Nick, hold on. I'll get you my email address and I'll send you a copy of my book. You can go. Well, your boy, wouldn't you know we run out of time today? Hold on. I didn't get the volume down in time. Go to the internet, Nick, and go and look up this video, a U.S. passport for Ed Snowden. A U.S. passport for Ed Snowden. I'll get your email from Jack, and I'll send you a copy of my book, and you can get some good definitive information that's worked flawlessly for over 10 years. Not one piece of blah back in over 10 years. Okay? So... And we can get into that more, you know, but that's what we do here is go over that, try and help people get free, get all these nuances and the knots in your mind that have been intentionally tied, untied, and you can go on about your life as a free man. Okay. Nice. All right. So uh, anyway, yeah, we'll follow up on that. We'll, I've been there many times. Good deal. We'll be, be we'll be back tomorrow. I invite you to join us again tomorrow, same time, same little Jitsi Network station, and uh, hopefully Paul will be with us, the guy that helped us put all this together tomorrow from England. But we'll see. Sometimes he comes in, sometimes he doesn't. You guys have a good day. I'm going to go see Jack and the boys for lunch, and uh, I'll be back tomorrow to talk about it. Good Lord willing, and the Creek Indians don't rise. See y'all tomorrow. <laughs> Bon appétit, patriots. Hasta la vista. We'll swallow you.